What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Falcons Final Whistle Podcast. I'm Scott Baer here with Tori McElhaney and Chris Rim. The day after the Super Bowl, the NFL offseason has officially ended. The Rams beat the Bengals with a come. Everybody saw what happened. Uh, but Rams and Bengals, Rams are Super Bowl champions. And it really kind of got us thinking that the Bengals were, uh, let me check pro football reference again. They were two and 14 and then they were four and 12 and then they were in the Super Bowl, right? Which basically gives optimism to literally anyone. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the league is now looking at the Bengals being like, oh my gosh, can we be them? Can mm -hmm. we be the next Bengals? <laughs> right. So I think that poses the question, right? And there have been lots of articles written ab ab about this. Can your insert team name here be the Bengals, right? So what the heck, right? Can the Falcons be the Bengals? Falcons won. They, they won four games two years ago. They won seven last year under Arthur Smith. I think, I think we can all agree that their arrow is generally pointing up with a lot of work left to do, but there's a lot of teams that go from worst to first. There's a lot of teams that turn a very high draft pick into something spectacular a couple of years down the line. Um, and can the Falcons do that? Are they in a position to do that within relation to their uh, what's going on within their division? So we're going to look at all that stuff um, basically over the course of the next half hour or so. Uh, we're going to kind of we're going to talk about whether the Falcons can do that. What's the key ingredient for the Bengals? Not named Joe Burrow. Then we're going to talk about Joe Burrow, um, the former LSU slash Ohio State quarterback who brought glory to his home state. And then uh, where do the Falcons go to try to forge their way into becoming playoff contenders? Once again, I'm just reading from Tori McElhaney's notes. I didn't come up with You're welcome. myself. That's why I use the word forge. That's a Tory word, but I like that's it. A, that's a Tory word for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're going to break all that down. So I guess, generally speaking, what are your kind of thoughts on, on this uh, Bengals rise? And is there anything, you know, just generally you know, off the top of your head, Tori, let's say, um, about if the Falcons can do that and what was the key for you um, for the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just kind of looking at it and then also kind of just looking at the articles that were written this morning throughout the course of the last, honestly, probably 12-ish hours since the Bengals and the Rams, you know, the Super Bowl began. I, it, it was all just kind of looking at, okay, everybody's kind of essentially being like, this whole idea of worst to first and who can be the next team in the league to go worst to first. Because when you look at it, the, <laughs> the Bengals were last in the AFC North in 2020. And as Chris Rim pointed out before we even started recording this, they were last until what, like week nine of this past season. I mean, yeah, well, well, they were, well, they were first at, at early on and then they were, they lost. And then they were last. <laughs> there you go. And so I think when you think about that and then also kind of thinking about what the 2020 season was where you, you lose Joe Burrow and, and he, he's now coming into this season coming off of a torn ACL. And I mean, you, you really do think about everything that happened to this Bengals team and then for them to get to the point of where they are not just like Super Bowl, like in the Super Bowl, but like pretty good contenders with the team that I think everyone expected to be in the Super Bowl because of how the team was constructed, i.e. the Rams. Um, so I think for me, like when you're thinking about this whole idea of the league moving forward, I think when you have 
the where everybody's kind of on this equal playing field, I think it makes it more fun. I think that's what the league wants is that everybody to kind of be on this level playing field where you don't have, you know, the New England Patriots going out and winning however many uh, Super Bowls in a row. You want that parity. And so I think this Bengal, this idea of the Bengals being this team going from worst to first is like the it's what you want the league to be. And I think it gives you hope for a team like the Falcons and where they currently are in uh, in their own division. Yeah, and I'd probably say the same. I think I think it kind of shows that I think football more than any other sport is like luck is so much involved in football. So without getting into everything, I think the stars have to align like they did for the Bengals this year. And you have to play good football. It doesn't matter when you play bad football, as long as you're playing good football when it matters. And if you can get hot for three games, you might be in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think timing, timing really is everything. It really, truly is in this league more than I think any other. Yeah. That's the Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 100% talk about a team that that peaked really early and then obviously didn't know how to handle it. Um, Now they got reports about their quarterback being unhappy. It's just, you know, that things can turn really quickly. And I, I do think that getting hot is important. I think the other phase of it is that, a team has an, has opportunities when they go through struggles and they get these high draft picks, right? Do you make the right selections? And the Bengals made a selection on Joe Burrow, and then they made a selection on Jamar Chase, right? Nailed those. Um, and that put them in a great position to be something special because you have, um, obviously with a quarterback, but when you had a player like Jamar Chase, right? Like a talented individual, he just, he's a game changer. When you add that, then it, it uh, gives you an opportunity to maybe go out and beat a team that you're not as good at on paper. Cause Jamar Chase is just going to, he's just going to go do some things. Right. Um, so I think for those reasons um, it's definitely possible. It's definitely interesting. I, I, you know, I was reading K two and 14 and then four and 12. Well, probably wouldn't have gone four and 12 if Joe Burrow was, healthy that year but nonetheless that you're seeing that this team kind of evolve and get hot at the right time and end up in the Super Bowl that's also why at the end of the Super Bowl like for the loser you always say oh their future's so bright they got this they got that there is no guarantee you'll ever get back there so take advantage of the opportunity go ask Dan Marino he made it his second year and then never again um, there's a lot of situations like that where you think okay this is going to be a, like a dynasty type team but Maybe not, you know, maybe that was your one opportunity, but with the ability to fall backwards is the ability to ascend. So we're going to kind of talk about all that stuff. But before we do, we have to offer a big thank you to our sponsor, Microsoft Windows 11, the official operating system of the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons. The all new Windows 11 is here to bring you closer to what you love, like the Falcons final whistle podcast, as you've heard me say. Learn all about the awesome new features of Windows 11 at windows.com. So as we move forward through this uh, pod here, let's go back to our first kind of original question that that uh, Tori had broken out here, which is now no longer directly on my screen. Um, yeah, so basically, what do you think was the key ingredient for the Bengals in 2021? Dot, 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 not named Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean that we, well, we can't talk about Joe Burrow next because that's my next question uh-huh. for you guys. So uh, we'll get there for people listening. Just if you want to go ahead and listen to us talk about Joe Burrow 
for a few minutes, just click on through. You can fast forward <laughs> through this section, um, but don't do that because we're going to say some cool things. Maybe, probably <laughs> we're gonna not. Drop knowledge. We're going to drop some knowledge. Um, drop a mixtape too. Um, there's this one picture of Chris and I from our introductory, uh, like uh, w when we did our photo shoot, when we were coming to the Falcons, we're like back to back and oh, yeah. it's, it's significantly like mixtape material. Like when Chris and I drop a mixtape, that will be the the cover photo on, on the album. So uh, just letting some everyone change, know. Some big chains Photoshop. On <laughs> <laughs> to you, Tori, and Scott too. We'll just have Photoshop Scott laying down in the front. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Striking a pose. That's great. There's also a good photo that one of our videographers captured of both of them doing like peace sign like i i wouldn't fit oh, in yeah, that yeah, i don't yeah, think yeah. i'm cool enough for that i'm not that photo will never see the light of day i i <laughs> well, that is a now i'm definitely posting it in the promotion no. thread there's no doubt no <laughs> no that is a terrible photo of me it was i had had a rough day I, I think it was after i think it was after the braves won the world series and i had gotten my flu shot the day before so i was not uh -huh, your good. flu shot quote unquote it was That's story uh kind listeners I would, was selling all day <laughs> I, I would 100% own up if it was not the flu shot and we all know it so anyways it's I was looking quite horrendous and we it was at practice and it was horrible and it's a quite shot horrible. of Chris and I it's a shot of Chris and I just like throwing up the peace signs like as we were doing a mic check and someone screenshot it and it it's horrible and no it will not be on it will not be a part of the the production of this podcast period you're saying that like you have any control over that which is <laughs> my favorite part <laughs> I will need to come up with some blackmail that. for me between the, the this recording <laughs> and when it goes out because otherwise you're in trouble <laughs> oh my uh, gosh it took we've us gone off the rails yeah. Sorry, going back to the key ingredient for the bagel. Yeah. The key ingredient is building a good mixtape. That's how you build. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Joe Burrow. I mean, he could probably go out and and put together a solid like mixtape with uh with this team. I do. I do believe this team has a lot of coolness, uh -huh. a cool factor to it, which is why I like it. I don't think that's the key ingredient for the Bengals in twenty twenty one. Their cool factor, but what I did so. Going back to last night watching the Super Bowl, there was this one graphic that I thought they did that was really cool where they were taking a look at this defense, this Bengals defense, and they had kind of everybody in their uniforms from the teams that they were on in the previous years. And now kind of fast forwarding to where they are now where they're all in the Bengals. And I just thought that was super interesting because I think when you think about the Bengals, you think about Joe Burrow and you think about Jamar Chase and you think about them building up through the draft and going out and getting these guys in the draft. But I also thought it was important that they simultaneously found the right guys in free agency. And I think when you're thinking about where the Falcons are right now, I, I do put so much weight on the draft. But I also put a lot of weight in free agency, especially when you get into next year, when you think about them having more money to play around in free agency a little bit. And I think that's kind of where the Bengals were. It, it was a really good collection. This team, I thought, was a really good collection of guys they had drafted and developed and also guys that they had brought in to kind of fill out this team. So I thought that was kind of when you're thinking about like the key ingredient we're talking about timing and we're talking about all, all of this kind of stuff, I think the timing of the draft and guys you picked up and the guys you picked up in free agency kind of marrying together to create this team was a pretty 
key ingredient for where they were in 2021. Yeah, uh, I think I think along with the the free agents, I think Trey Hendrickson was one of their yes was the key ingredient to this team. On the def- I think their defense doesn't get enough credit for what they do and for what he does. He kind of makes me think of like what you know Dick Buckus looked like or one of those mm-hmm. guys back in the '60s. He he's no fluff, no gloves, no no swag, no football swag on the field. He just have some long sleeves. <laughs> Keep putting his hand in the dirt, and he's coming at you every play. Um, so he, and he had, the, he set the franchise record in sacks. They poached him from the saints, which Falcons fans would probably like. Um, and he, he bought for them and, and, uh, you know, against the, the Titans, you saw the kind of pressure they got, even though, you know, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, but along with that key ingredient, I think another, I don't know if this is not a key ingredient, but this is just another thing. When I was talking about before, you know, things falling in the right direction and, and luck, you know, the, the Ravens start what eight and two, eight and three, then Lamar gets hurt and they go and they they go eight and nine, I think, or eight or something like they, they go eight and nine and, and they're they're they miss the playoffs. Um for some reason the Steelers um let their season continue with what was going on there at the on the, the quarterback position. I think they're the, the quarterback play that was happening there. And then what was happening with the Rams, I mean with the Browns was was a kind of a yeah, it's kind of in, in, insane over there. So I think not only did they, and, and this happens, I think for all teams, there's always luck involved. But I think yeah, in, within their own, they, their division is is arguably theirs, and and the, AFC, the NFC West probably or probably uh, maybe others too, like the Chiefs division. But the, some of the hardest in in the league to to play in. So I think the cards aligned for them in terms of you know I think Joe Burrow threw for almost a thousand yards in two games against the Ravens. Because I think all their defensive backs were hurt, minus Marlon Humphrey and Jamar Chase embarrassed Humphrey at that, um, you know, to yeah. make the ball, take a slant. So I think not only was it, you know, their defense and and Trey Hendrickson, and uh, they also uh, they also had, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but Chidobe, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, I don't want to mess it up, but it's Chidobe, his last name starts with the A, and, and he wears number 22. He was the fourth-ranked cornerback <laughs> in the league this year for PFF. Um, so he also helped, but yeah, there a lot of things happened around them that like the stars just aligned for them to to get here. Yeah, I'm so sorry when, we left you hanging uh, on the pronunciation. Yeah, uh, I was like, going to leave the no, we were, I anybody, God, our bo- <laughs> No, I don't, and I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to butcher anyone's name here. So, so no, Scott. Now I think we're both just kind of looking at you, like God. I, ho- I hope I hope he gets there. But if he, yeah. yeah, I was. I could not. I could not throw you a life raft. I I wanted to. I could not. I even tried to start googling his name, and I couldn't do it in time. I'm so but, sorry. But here's the but here's the crazy thing about him, right? Is that they signed him a three year deal for not very much for $21 million over the course of three years, right? That's, that's a good value signing. Um, and most of that yeah. money is down farther into the deal. So you think, gosh, that those are the types of things where you've got to hit, right? If, if you're um, adding kind of Falcons parlance to it, that like they, Trey Hendrickson wasn't cheap, but they identified a guy that could play for them and they invested wisely. They used two very high draft picks and invested wisely. And then they were able to, I mean, Eli Apple was basically on like a journeyman's 
path around the country, right? And he still may be, but they found a guy that was able to contribute and start for them and help that defense. So um, I, I just think there, there's so many examples of that and that's how you do it. So I'm gonna combine both of what you got, of uh, things that you guys are saying, that it's defense, it's finding the, these gems. It's also luck and understanding when to be opportunistic, right? That yes, yeah. how often is it gonna happen that you're gonna win a division that has Lamar Jackson and TJ Watt in it? Right. And the, I don't know if the Browns will ever figure it out, but there's a lot of, and Miles Garrett, right? Like, like there's a yeah. lot of talent within the division and I'm just naming yeah. superstars, but it's deep. It's yeah. really deep. So can you identify, all right, everybody's suffering a little bit. Everybody's limping. Let's go get it. And that's kind of the situation that they were in. So it's very possible, you know, when you talk about opening up a period of, of uh, sustained success, or you, you know, you, you talk about, uh, championship windows or being in control of a, a division. That doesn't mean that every year you're going to go, you know, 13 and five or whatever, uh, you know what I mean? Like th there's no guarantee that those types of things are going to happen. You go 13 and four. Um, but if you can look around and be like, Saints quarterback situation is weird. Tom Brady just retired. The Panthers are sticking with Sam Darnold, I guess. Right. You, know, you start looking at the light of the land, you figure, Okay, if we can just be smart with it, that we can find a way to, to capitalize on the situation. Um, and we can get to more Falcon stuff as we move on here, but let's move on to the Joe Burrowness of it all, right? That, <clears throat> this isn't just like a team getting hot. This is a team that invested a number one pick in a quarterback, and he's playing like a number one pick. That that was a good investment of that draft capital. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe Burrow was like the consensus number one. Like there was no drama in, in that. Right. And then yeah, they had yeah. a guy and they nailed it, you know? And I think his, how often did we hear, it was like, it was like a forced narrative by the broadcast networks that the Bengals haven't won in 30 years. The Bengals haven't won in 30 years, man, they've blown it a lot, uh, you know, over and over and over again. And every time Joe Burrow was like, I don't care about that. Like, I didn't know anything about that. Zach Taylor, who's younger than me, which I hate. Uh, what am I doing? With wow, that? the resentment was <laughs> oh my so gosh. strong. I want to be a head coach. Come on, man. Uh, but, you know, and Zach Taylor kept saying that they, they didn't care about the history, right? That this is something new. And I think that Joe Burrow brought that attitude and mindset. And I think that that helped them. Like, we don't care what happened. That has nothing to do with us. We're doing our own thing. And we're, he's just so confident. Um, and I think that rubs off on people in addition to the fact that, you know, he's pretty good. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because the, so before we started this podcast, like I just kind of sent Scott and Chris, like these questions. And the question was like, how do you begin to replicate the Joe, the Joe Burrow impact? And the more I sit with that question, the more I'm like, that's such an unfair question because you're not going to. And, and I think like Joe Burrow's impact for the Bengals is, it, 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 I mean, I can almost like not really put into words because that's how much it means to this organization. And, and going back to Scott, what you were saying about how essentially, I mean, they they invested in Joe Burrow and he panned out. I think you see a lot of times there are so many, I think, first round picks that just don't pan out. And he's somebody who did. And I think it just goes back to kind of the idea if we're talking about the draft how much of a freaking crapshoot it is sometimes and how much it really is just kind of, you're just hoping that what you see on film and what you're in, like in these interviews, the guys that you're interviewing, how they, you just hope that they turn out 
to be what you want them to be. And I think like even using like, I don't know, you think about like Kyle Pitts, like you can look at his measurables and and you can look at kind of him being the quote unquote unicorn and everything like that. And the Falcons investing a number four overall pick in him, but he still has to pan out and, and he still has to put in the work and he still has to kind of, they have to figure out the best ways to use him and putting weapons around him. And I think like, that's something that I thought the the Bengals did very well is that they gave Joe Burrow, I think, weapons. And, and they gave him an opportunity to thrive while he's also learning the scheme and the system as a young quarterback in this league. So um, I, I don't know how a, a team like the Falcons begins to replicate something like Joe Burrow. But I think when you when you think about it, it all just kind of, it's just this idea of draft guys, guys that you draft and bring in developing and panning out. And I think that's kind of simply put. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think with quarterbacks in general, it's, it's like in order for situations matter more than, than any, anything else. And, and, and if you walk into a situation, like we saw the top quarterbacks walk into this season, it oftentimes doesn't look that great. And it, a lot of times it's not really their fault. It's the, you know, who's around them. So when you, when you pair Joe Burrow with, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins um, and Joe Mixon, that's cool. Um, but then once you pair him with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and CJ, who's out, who's out, I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong too. So I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> when you have those weapons, you know, out yeah. there on the field, then you know, it becomes very scary. I remember there was a, there was a, before the 2021 draft, there was a meme that Bengals fans were circulating because many fans wanted the Bengals to draft Penny Sewell because of what, what we saw last night happen to Joe Burrow, what we saw happen to Joe Burrow all season. It was a meme where it was like uh, draft Jamar Chase and it was a stick figure. Uh, it was a stick figure being sacked, like fumbling the ball. And then it was like draft Penny Sewell. And it was a stick figure, Joe Burrow protected. And then it was like a, another stick figure for any receiver. So it was like, you know what I mean? So the Bengals bet on a skill position um, and, a, and, a, and a star. And I think it I think it still worked for the most part. I mean, I think they still need to, you know, fix that offensive line before Joe Burrow yeah. ends up like Andrew Luck or something. But um, I think that Lord. was going to Yeah, I think ultimately what – I think with Joe – I think people – you know, the, the, the cool thing, but Joe Burrow is cool. Some, some people are going a little too far with the cool stuff saying <laughs> some stuff yeah. going a little bit too far with that stuff, but he, he's that's social media in general. People yeah. take it way too far. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you can respect, you can respect the coolness, but then don't get weird about it. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, <laughs> I think his swag is what attracts people to him too. And, and, uh, you know, even that, you know, a comeback against the chiefs and the AFC championship, all the players talked about how he was just, cool the whole time like he didn't he wasn't yelling he wasn't he was the same guy and that's great when your leader is that guy in the huddle your leader isn't shaking he isn't nervous he's saying let's just do us we're a second half team and they did it so I think how you replicate the Joe Burrow experience is find a quarterback that you're in love with if you have the number one pick and Joe Burrow is there draft him. <laughs> yeah but, <Take> him. <laughs> but you know if you have a guy that you're in love with i.e. Patrick Mahomes that you could get that you could trade up ahead of Chicago and get at 10, go get him um, and make sure that when you get him, 
that quarterback can be surrounded by weapons. So how do the Falcons do that? Surround Matt Ryan with weapons. Yep. <laughs> and if you want him to have a succession plan, maybe you get your Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes is in the is in is sitting behind him and just ready to go. Maybe. I couldn't agree more. And it goes back to what we were talking about in the very first podcast about Matt Ryan's future in Atlanta. And we're we were literally sitting here being like, just build around him so that you can go and get a quarterback and they can come in when the Matt Ryan era is over in Atlanta and be in a good position to be successful. I mean, that go that's exactly what we were talking about, what, like a month ago. Like, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Full circle, man. I yeah, think I didn't know that. My bad, go ahead, Scott. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Arthur Blank, you know, was very candid in the fact that they know there's a sunset for Matt, but they've been talking about a succession plan for a couple of years. The beauty of where they are is they don't have to jump. So uh, it's, it's tough because going from worst to first, everybody thinks like the Bengals flipped a switch in one year. No, nah, they didn't. It was more like a couple years built onto it. So how can you, re- I think the better question is not like, and I think people I have to write the headline to this podcast correctly because people may roll their eyes and think Falcons aren't going to the Super Bowl next year. And that's not what we're saying at all. No. Not it, but it's like, how can you accelerate this process where we're like the Bengals had the number one pick, which means the year before went really bad. They were starting Ryan Finley. Okay. And then, um, and then they were able to accelerate it by, by a couple of key moves. So let's yeah. say that that and, and top picks that, made immediate impacts. So if we're looking at it from a Falcons perspective, knowing that they are probably going to have Matt Ryan for maybe this year, maybe the next, we're not sure. But nonetheless, if you have that quarterback in place, how do you make those jumps? It's interesting. You go back and you look at 2021 redrafts, right? And you see Micah Parsons instead of Kyle Pitts, right? And I don't think anybody's saying that's a knock on Kyle. I think Kyle was a, yeah, but if you could, my point is, if you can somehow go back to back with game changing kind of generational type players, if you can draft Kyle Pitts in one year, and then you can come back at eight and get a Micah Parsons type or a player at a premium position who can make that type of impact, then you can accelerate your process. They're obviously not going to go find a court. I don't believe I should say that they're going to go find a quarterback at eight and insert him and they're going to follow the exact blueprint. But I do think that that's a way to, to do it is make those top picks really count. We know the hit rate is half, you know, that boomer bust about 50%, maybe a little higher in the first round, but you got to find ways to stick. Um, The tough thing is it's really easy. Like Chris was saying, they invested in skill players, right? The Falcons could go out and draft a tackle and it's going to feel different, right? Uh, but they need dynamic players at premium positions. And I think that that's how you do it. If all of a sudden they can get a guy, yeah, go find Michael Parsons, Scott. Yeah, like go find Patrick Mahomes. You know, like that's not an easy thing to do. Right. But if you can find a guy who could, a, <laughs> a game changer, then I think then you can kind of accelerate this process. That's my point. And I think that the Falcons still are working their way out of resources. But if you're answering this question, and I promise I'll stop talking that you can look at it like, all right, well, can they get to the playoffs in two years instead of three or four? Like we've been talking, right. How is that possible? And I think that that's more the question that we're trying to answer more than like the Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, they still have a little ways to go, I would say. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you you just got to hit, you got to use your resources. Well, I I think bringing up, um, you know, the, 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 the uh, cornerback, 
example, the that they've invested so well in so many different places that allows them yeah. to jump. So yeah, I think you have to hit, yeah, you have to hit on the draft and also in like you said, in, in free agency, like Tori was talking about, they had a graphic up where I think it was like their entire secondary had on different uniforms last year. Or <laughs> almost all their secondary had on different uniforms last year. So yeah, no, that was the graphic. That was the graphic that I was talking about. It was legit. Right. Like they had yeah. so they literally took their defense and was like, okay, they just they pieced it together through free agency. And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, the, the, so often people say, I've probably written that free agency can be fool's gold and you can spend the money incorrectly. But there are also examples of free agency being super productive. Like you think about the Patriots dynasty, right? They can be very active in free agency, like a lot. Like they can come out with like with a huge haul of guys that can contribute, you know? So I think that it's about using it right and finding the right guys for you that fit into your system and maybe investing heavily, right? Uh, for as much as we say the Falcons are in, salary cap trouble and they are you can make it i mean look at the ramps like you can make anything work in terms of like yeah. you want to structure a contract in a funky way to go get a bigger name player i mean you could sort of do that right um may not be wise but you can sort of do that in a way that you can accelerate your process so um and i i think the time is now for the nfc south now we could be talking in may and you know the Bucks could have Russell Wilson or something. I'm I'm just saying, and and, 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 and yeah, the, no, for real. yeah, like no. and the division looks and feels a lot different. But as yeah. we sit here, as the offseason begins, truly begins, you think, all right, you know, Iron's hot. They have the best quarterback in the division, um, and yeah, just build up around Matt. So it's possible. That's what we're saying. You know, we're so, we're we're selling we're selling hope. We're not selling. Right. Yeah, we're not selling. Uh, like like facts we're selling hope <laughs> right my thing is too about the, the whole Bengals team too i think like it's it's very possible i don't even know it's very possible for the Bengals to be like six and eleven next year like 100 oh, like, yes, you know yes like, it's not like you know what i mean like it's not like they're like they definitely haven't arrived like i don't think they're uh -huh. like no, you know yeah. Like, like I, I don't think it's like you know what I mean. Like it's very easy. You can't to look at that often offensive line and and how many times Joe Burrow was sacked and be like, yeah, the Bengals have arrived. Like, yeah, you just can't. Yeah, that, I wanted to say that too. Like it's it, it could have been, you know, lightning. They caught Scott, said, Scott began this with Dan Marino. It, it could uh, very be that. It could. That's very the thing. Like they caught lightning in a bottle in 2021, and they ran with it. And I think like that's what everyone else is trying to do, unless you're the Rams and you are willing to give up so many, so much draft capital to build the team that you want now. That's essentially what everybody else is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's possible that in that in two years, if they if you strike it four, which they have done, and then you can strike it eight and be smart with your depth, uh, then they and and then they get hot and then they get healthy. Gosh, how many can? you know, if then so many contingencies. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but that's part of our, our, our point is that the, the service level thing is, Oh, wow. The, the Bengals had four wins, then they're in the Super Bowl, Right. And that's an easy thing to say. It's a little more complicated when you dive into how they were able to do it and how another team can be able to do it. A lot has to go right. A lot you have to get right. And that's kind of our point is that, you know, worst to first may look uh, like very you know awesome or wow you, uh, on their pro football reference page. But if you get into what it took to have that happen, uh, it can be a bit more complicated. So with that said, I think we've answered another great truth about. <laughs> Honestly, 
Honestly, Scott, uh, best of luck writing the headline for uh-huh. this uh, <laughs> podcast because I, I'm thinking about what I'm going to write the headline for the written version of this. And I truly have no idea because people are going to misconstrue so many, like so many different ways that we write this. Cause we don't want to get ratioed, man. We don't want to get, we, that's all we want. <laughs> we want to get ratioed on Twitter. That's our right. dream and our goal. Right. So point. instead of ratioing us on Twitter, why don't you go to uh, Spotify, right? soon subscribe, <laughs> leave us a five-star review. <laughs> Say something nice about us on YouTube. That would be sweet. Um, and yeah, man, dive into the pod. Understand what we're saying. It's nuance. That's what we're trying to bring to the conversation. That's <laughs> what we're trying to bring to the people. Anyway, this thing's gone on about 37 <laughs> minutes. Zoom is telling me that the whole thing is going to shut down in three minutes and 45 seconds. So nonetheless, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>